Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Again, just to encourage us, following on from uh, Sunday's message, and uh, just to continue uh, what I spoke on on Sunday, on Sunday I was talking about building for the future and how we as a church need to, to get ready for the future. And I said on Sunday evening, there's two areas in particular that we're going to be building, focusing on building. And that is we're hoping to build people. We want to see people built up in the most holy faith, as Jude says. We want to see every person who comes along grow in their faith, grow in God, grow closer and closer to Him this year. And the other area we said that we're going to be focusing on is building ministries. We want to see flourishing ministries. Uh, but on Sunday night, I said that if we want to have flourishing ministries, the first place that it starts, before we can have anything flourishing ministry, it starts with us. We've got to be passionate and on fire for God. There's no way we can have a flourishing ministry unless we are first on fire for God, close to God, and know God. And the word that God's dropped on my heart, just to sort of continue in that theme, is this word which is called wisdom's order. Wisdom's order. And if you've got a Bible, can you please turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 1 to 4. It's going to be on the screen behind me. As you can see, I'm reading from the NIV translation this evening. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. And it says this. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for re- receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. This is a Solomon, he's opening up and saying what these Proverbs are, what, this, what, what he's hoping to achieve with these Proverbs that God has laid on his heart. These thoughts about God and living a godly life and how we can flourish in our walk with the Lord. You know, as my mother already said tonight, on January the 1st, I began going through the Bible in a year again. Uh, anybody here do that? Through the Bible in a year. Yeah, some of you go through the whole Bible in a year. That's something I do. And uh, I do it through the version app on, on your iPhone, and you can get it on Android, I'm sure. Uh, but this year I'm doing the Nicky Gumbel Bible in a year. Uh, last year I did a, another one uh, by the Bible Project, which is a great one as well. But this year I'm doing the, uh, the Nicky Gumbel Bible in a year, and I find it helpful. I find it encouraging, especially to get into a routine of getting into the Word of God every day. It's important. It's vital that we get into God's Word every day. And uh, it helps me to get into God's Word every day. And uh, the first few days, there's, uh, it splits it up into a New Testament reading, Old Testament reading, proverb, or a psalm. And uh, the, the Old Testament readings have been in Genesis. It takes you right back to the very beginning. And, uh, it, you know, when we get into Genesis, we, it talks about how God created everything and, and I love those first few days seeing how God formed the whole world and how we've spoken into into being and it's incredible and there's just one thing that stood out to me especially as I was reading Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 and it's something that I've always seen before something that I've even said before but it's just a just a, a reminder I suppose that God dropped on my heart is that God is a God of order God is a God of order. You know, that many scientists, many people would say that this, you, you, this world came about by chance. It just got spoken to being by a big bang and, and all these things. It was coincidence. I don't believe it's coincidence at all. 
especially when I read my Bible, I see that this is thought out. God didn't just accidentally make the world. He had a process. There was an order. There was a plan of how he was going to be, how he's going to create it. You know, day one, it was light. Day two, he created the sky. Day three, the land, the seas, the plants, the trees. Day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars. You know, he has an order. He had an order about how he was going to create and form this world. God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. And he doesn't allow things to happen by chance. He has a plan and a process for working out that plan. There is an order. And, you know, just like there's an order in the physical world, in the natural world, there's an order. There's also an order in the spiritual world as well. And uh, especially as I've been getting into this and, and God's been speaking to me as I've been diving into the word more and more, the Bible teaches us that there's a spiritual order as well. And there is an order, there's a process for us, especially with regards to our spiritual growth. I believe with all my heart that, that our faith doesn't just grow by chance. God takes us on a journey. God takes us through a process of growing in our knowledge of him and our love for him. God grows us bit by bit, day by day. You know, as the, as the word says, we're being sanctified. We're becoming more and more like Jesus, you know, changing from glory to glory. God's got an order, not only in the physical, but in the spiritual world as well. And, and he, especially with regards to spiritual growth. It doesn't happen by chance. Spiritual growth happens on purpose. And there's two parties involved. There's got to be a willingness from our side. And we already know that God is longing for that. God is willing. Is it? But it's us opening up our hearts and saying, I'm going to determine in my heart that I want to grow. Spiritual growth doesn't happen just by sitting in church on a Sunday. You'll never grow properly if you just come to church and listen to a sermon and that's it. God has given us his word. He's given us the opportunity to come before his throne of grace to pray. There is an order for us to help us to grow in our walk with the Lord. And Proverbs here explains that. Solomon explains there's an order. And he shows us here an order to growth, uh, spiritual growth. And it says there, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just and fair, and giving, uh, forgiving prudence to those who are simple, and knowledge and discretion to the young. You know, when I began to see this, God just laid these three words on my heart very clearly. There's a spiritual growth, there's a spiritual process that God takes us on. And that process is learn, live, and give. Learn, live, and give. You know, as I said, we want to see people built up this year in their faith. We want to see everybody grow in their faith this year, grow strong. But there is a process that God takes us on in order to, for us to grow. And it is this process of learning, of then living, and then given. And we're just going to look at these very, very quickly. The first step in spiritual growth, the first part of the process that God takes us on is learning. It's learning. That is the first step in our spiritual growth. You know, when we stop learning, we stop growing. And unfortunately, we can come to church for years and years. We can hear sermon after sermon. We can be fed, 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 fed. But some, at a moment in time, there can be a moment where, that comes where we just switch off and we stop. We stop growing in God. We stop taking notes. We stop listening. We stop getting excited and, and hungry and diving into God's word. And maybe it's because we think, yeah, we know it all now. You know, there is a danger for that. I've experienced that. You know, I, I, and I, I could easily fall into the trap, especially, you know, now that I, I, I'm a pastor, you know, I could say, that's it. Now I know everything, that's it. But it's not. 
where I've discovered that there's so much more. I haven't even scratched the surface yet of all that God wants to teach me and all God wants to show me. And it's the same for every single one of us. May, my prayer is that we would never stop learning because when we stop learning, and not just about things of this world, when we stop learning about God and growing in the things of God and growing in His Word and learning about the Word and learning how to study His Word, then we, I can guarantee you we'll stop growing. And that's sometimes the reason why some people stop growing. Why they don't grow for years and years because at one moment in time they've stopped. There's no hunger to learn anymore. There's no desire to learn. You know, and it, um, if you think that I'm just making this up, we see this with Jesus. Jesus modeled this to us. And there's an account of Jesus right to the early in his life in Luke chapter 2 when he's 12 years old and he goes to the temple. And uh, everybody goes to the temple for the Jerusalem festival of Passover. They go to the temple and it says this, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, sounds like good parents, doesn't it? After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw them, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why you, were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I think that's incredible. The Son of God, God in the flesh, Jesus, was sitting in the temple listening and absorbing everything the teachers were speaking about God, the, 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 how they were teaching. I'm sure they were teaching about the prophets and, and the Moses and Abraham and all these great saints gone by. And Jesus, at 12, even at 12 years old, was just sitting there. He had a desire to learn, to grow in the things of God, even though he was God in the flesh. He still was there, sitting at their feet, listening for three days, listening to these people. And, you know, if Jesus... Is there learning, sitting? How, you know, I believe he's modeling to us that we, as a people, should be sitting there at his feet, learning and growing. And you know, we shouldn't discount children in this. So often churches just stick children out there and let them go out there and, and that's it, stick them in the corner, keep them quiet. But we should encourage our children to grow with the things of God and grow because it starts at an early age. We want to encourage our children to start young. We want to teach them at a young age so that they might grow to be strong in God, that they might be planted in the church for years and years to come, that they might grow in all that God has for them. Jesus, he was growing. He learned. He's modeling it to us. You know, before, though, before Jesus ever ministered, this is before he ever went out and preached and laid hands on the sect, before he was ever, ever ministered, he was ministered to People spoke to him, people spoke, and he was growing in his knowledge of God. And that continued even when he was ministering because he used to set himself aside and go up the mountaintop and pray. He was always in communion with the Father, he was receiving from the Father. Jesus was in the process of learning. And you know, there's an in between gap between 12 and, and when Jesus started his ministry of 30, where we don't read anything about Jesus. We don't know what goes on in between those years. 
But Luke 2.52 gives us this indication of what happened during those years, those hidden years. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God. That shows to me that Jesus was in relationship with God. He was growing in his walk with the Father. He was constantly in communion. And he went about, you know, and people could see that in his life, evidence in his life. And, you know, Jesus, he, he even speaks, you know, he calls the disciples. When he calls the disciples, first off, he says to them, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus was encouraging. Not only did he learn, but he was then encouraging his disciples. Now that I've learned, will you come on a journey, and I'm going to show you how to minister. I'm going to show you how you can lay hands on the sick, and they can be healed in the power of God. I'm going to teach you how to pray. Jesus was encouraging his disciples, you know, to learn, to grow. In, I love what it says in Matthew 11, 20 to 30. In the message translation, it says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Listen to this. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, the first building block in our personal growth with God, the first step in growing in our relationship with Jesus after we've accepted him in our hearts and know him as our Lord, the first step is that we will commit to learning and growing in the things of God. That's the first step. We've got to commit to growing and learning. And you know, this growing, it will never stop. It will never stop. That's the first building, building block in a growing and building ourselves up spiritually is we've got to make a decision. God, I'm not done learning yet. I want to find out more about you. I want to discover more about you. I want to discover who you are, your will for my life, your plan, your purpose. I want to grow in you. Second thing, second building block is not only are we to learn, but then we are to live out what we learn. As I shared on Sunday, we can't just listen to God's word and, and then forget about it. We, if you want to be a wise builder, as Jesus told us about the wise and the foolish builders, if we want to be a wise builder and build our lives on the rock and have a solid life no matter what comes against us, securing God, then we've got to not just only hear God's word, we've got to obey God's word. We've got to put it into practice. James 1 verse 22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do it says. I wonder, are you living out God's word in your life? Everything he speaks, are you living it out? Are you living out those, those promptings? Are you obeying those promptings? It's hard. It's difficult. I know. It is difficult. But I want to encourage us to, to live out what God has called us. Listen to 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. It says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It's not just knowing a lot about God and talking about it. And it's about actually living it out. You know, Jesus said, by your fruit, you will be known. We'll be seen. It'll be evident in our lives if we belong to Jesus. We won't have to just tell people. People will see it in our lives by our actions, by the way we talk, by the way we live, by the way we commune with one another. People will see it in our lives. It'll be evident. So I want to encourage us. The second building block. If you want to grow, second step in the spiritual growth, learning, first of all. Secondly, is you've got to live it out. Live out what God's called. And then number three is giving. I remember hearing a minister once say that life always goes before ministry. And I'd put it like this. If you on Twitter, you can tweet this if you want. We can't give what we haven't lived. 
we can't give what we haven't lived. If we haven't received it from God, and if we don't know God, and we're not in that place from God, then we'll never be able to live it. I can give it to other people and share it with other people effectively. And I've experienced that. I've got that wrong sometimes. And we all can do that, can't we? We can some, I don't know about you, but I often try to walk before, I run before I can walk, you know? We can all do that sometimes. But you know, we must commit to, first of all, living, learning, growing in God, then living out what God is telling us to do. And then we'll be in a position to minister to others. We'll be in a position to minister. You know, that's why I said on Sunday, if we want to have flourishing ministries, it starts with us getting our lives right. There's no two ways around it. We've got to put our lives first, uh, our lives right first with God. We've got to be growing in Him. And then it will just impact other people. Then we can impact and share what God's laying on our hearts. Then we'll see God really begin to work and transform ministries and transform lives. We've got to be able to live it out. And when we do that, when we commit to learning and living out our relationship with God and His Word, then at the right time when He says, we'll be able to give and to minister to those who he's called us to minister to. And you know, giving becomes the ultimate fulfillment of our calling. God doesn't just want you to sit in a seat on a Sunday and that's it. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that for my own life, but I believe that for every single one of you. God doesn't want you just to come on a Sunday and sit in a seat. God wants to use you. God wants you to minister to other people. It's not just for me to minister, it's for every single one of us. We can all minister to others. As we grow in God, we can all pray for someone. We can all speak encouraging words to someone. We can all guide someone. I'm sure many of you can know the Bible a lot better than me. I'm sure many of you know how to disciple people a lot better than I do. We can all do it. We can all do this. And you know, God doesn't want you just to, you know, the height of your calling is not just to be in this place and sit in a seat. The height of our calling is to give what has been poured into us. Pour it out. Pour it out to those around you. There are people who need it. There are people who are waiting for you just to minister and share everything that God has done in your life and share all that God has called and equipped you for and anointed for. God wants to pour out of your life. You know, the psalmist says, didn't he? You know, you leave me beside still waters. My cup overflows. But unfortunately, many of us are just living. My cup is contained to a Sunday and that's it. Nobody else is having what God is doing in my life. That's it. This is for me and that's it. But that's not the ultimate. God wants every single one of us to pour out all that he has done in our lives, to minister. And every one of us can do that. I'm not saying that every one of us will be a pastor or or anything like that. And it doesn't matter because God's created us and gifted us in different ways. But we're all needed for the body of Christ. We're all a body. Every part is vital. Your part isn't insignificant. No matter how people might perceive it or what other people have told you in your past, past, your part isn't insignificant. Your role is vital. You are vital to this church. You're an integral member to this body. And without you, this place will not function correctly. But God has placed you here for a purpose, for a, a role, and that is to minister to those who I can't minister to, to speak to those who I can't speak to. You've got a part to play, a vital role to play. And it is not just sitting there on a Sunday, sitting there on a Tuesday. And I want to encourage you to ask God this year, God, what is your call on my life? What is your purpose for my life here in this church? How can I serve you? I'd love it if people would come up to me, you know, and say, Pastor, I want to get involved. I want to, invo- I want to get involved in the ministry. Or maybe God's dropping a new ministry on your heart and you'd like to start. That'd be incredible. 
That'd be absolutely amazing. We want to see that happen so that God's church is built, the lives are impacted, and Jesus is glorified. And so the final process in that is we learn, we keep growing in God always, we live it out, we always live it out while God is upon us, and then we have to give it out. Give everything that God has called us to do. Remember that process. This is wisdom's order. This is the order for spiritual growth. And over the next couple of weeks on a Sunday and in Connect Groups, we're going to be teaching you from the Word as God has taught me how we can, some practical things on how we can start growing. But this is, I believe tonight, this is the foundation. We've got to understand this process before we start building. We've got to understand this is the process in how we grow. We learn, we live, and then we grow. And you know, if we skip this process, our lives will be dysfunctional. Our Christian work will be all over the shop if we skip this process. And I want to encourage you to, to get ready as we get ready as a church to build for the future, to commit to this order. This order isn't my way. I really believe it's in God's word, it's God's way. That we would grow in this way, that we would learn, live, and give. And I also want to encourage you in this. One final thing very quickly. Don't rush spiritual growth. Don't rush it. Let God take you through that process. Let him guide you through that process. Because when we start rushing it, that's when we start making mistakes. That's when we fall into some dangerous traps. And I've experienced that again. Don't rush it. God will lead you through that process in his time. You never see a tree struggling and crying out, hey, oh, I want to grow, I want to grow. It just happens in the right time, in the right way, doesn't it? It'll grow when it's meant to grow. And it's the same with us. As long as we commit to these things of learning and getting into God's word, then you watch God will take you through that process. He'll show you how to live it out. You'll begin to live it out. And then when the time comes, he will give you that call. He'll specifically say, no, I want you to give it out. Everything I've shown you, everything I've poured into you, I want you to pour it out to bless others. Don't rush spiritual growth. And so as you give yourself to him, as we give ourselves to him, and Jesus helps us and, and we begin to grow, my prayer for us this year is that we would become who God has created us to be. And that we would see all that God has planned for our lives come to pass. And we would bring in glory and lives impacted this year for his name. Amen. Shall we just pray before we pause? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.